good morning. Glad that you can be with us today. Can you believe that it is December 31st? I can't believe it. It feels like the year has gone by so quickly uh, and so wonderfully as well. I've taken some time just to reflect back and think a little bit about what uh, 2023 has looked like for uh, us as a family and for Unionville Alliance Church as well. And as I thought back about this year, um, some of you would have received my email yesterday. Uh, If you didn't, then you're not on our mailing list. We would love for you to be on our mailing list so you can uh, sign up on our website. Um, But as I shared in that email, a number of things that, as I reflect back, thinking about the goodness and the provision and faithfulness and mercies of the Lord. Uh, When I look back and I think of what God did for us during our Easter season uh, and how we were able to engage so many people with the gospel, uh, as you heard a little bit about Alpha uh, today and and thinking about how a number of people that didn't know the story of Jesus were not exposed to the gospel, were uh, engaged in our Alpha programs, how we've had people that are new to Uh, Christian faith engaged in our children's ministry, uh, young adult ministry, and uh, adult ministry as well. Uh, I think about the more than 400 kids that, 400 plus kids that came out to our camps this past summer, uh, and how we, and how all of those children represent families that represent opportunities to share the goodness of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, that touches and changes lives. I rejoice with the people that have committed their lives to be followers of Jesus and have taken that step step, uh, not knowing anything about the gospel previously in the year, and not knowing about Jesus and coming to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, I rejoice in those wonderful uh, things that have been happening uh, in our church, and as you can see in the uh, pictures behind me, just a little glimpse of what 2023 has looked like for Unionville Alliance Church and all the wonderful things uh, that God has been doing. Um, a number that maybe we don't often share as well, which I like to tell you, is 55. Yeah, 55. 55 people that gave for the first time here financially to Unionville Alliance Church. Isn't that amazing? And um, people that that represent people or households that uh, gave to the work of God here. And that's something that we rejoice over. And today's the last day in 2023. And if you'd like to partner with us to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time, uh, we would love for you to be able to do that. Uh, You can give in person here. You can give online. Uh, There are a number of different ways in which you can partner financially with us. It's through your generous giving um, that helps us to accomplish our mission and vision here. And not just for those 55 people that gave for the first time this past year, but but also for many of you that have been faithfully giving year after year after year, for some of you even decade after decade, giving faithfully to the work of God here, serving, giving, praying, um, and we rejoice in that. As we come into 2024, um, can I give you three exhortations? If you consider Unionville Alliance Church your home church, and if you call me your pastor, can I give you three pastoral exhortations? for 2024, okay? Three things I would love for us as a church family, as a congregation, to be able to do. Um, Three things that it would be wonderful for us to be able to do to have an impact, not just um, in in our own lives and in our own families, but also um, in our communities and around the world. Number one, read the whole Bible this year in 2024. Not a portion. Not a few chapters here and there, not the book that you like, 
Don't do like Daniel did when he was a little kid. And when my dad would ask me, did you read your Bible today? I would say yes, because I read Psalm 117, the shortest Psalm in the Bible, just so that I could answer yes. But I want to encourage you to read the word of God from, from beginning to end. It doesn't have to necessarily be from beginning to end, but the whole Word of God. There are so many uh, Bible plans that you can get on the YouVersion Bible app and other Bible app programs that can help you and guide you towards that. If you've never read the Word of God in, in its entirety in one year, I can guarantee you, money back guarantee, it will change your life. It will deepen your understanding of Scripture. It will touch you in profound and amazing ways. And so I want to encourage you, make a decision today that in 2024, you're going to go through the, all of the scriptures um, and dig in deep into the word of God. Number two, can I ask you to take some time apart every day, or if it's difficult to do every day, at least every few days, to take some time apart in prayer. Take, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever amount of time, take some time apart in prayer. Take some time to, to seek the Lord in prayer. Reading the word of God and prayer are the two legs to the, to the spiritual life. And it's so critically important uh, for us if we want to develop our own spiritual lives to pray. What if I told you in 2024, we're going to eliminate prayer at Unionville Alliance Church? What would you say? Bad idea. Bad idea. Right? Would you go to a church that doesn't have prayer? No. But would you come to a prayer meeting at a church? Mm. Right? Can you see the juxtaposition? Many people won't go to a church if prayer is not a value or something that is held highly. But when we gather for prayer, how many people will come? Do our values match our actions? That's my challenge to you. In 2024, make prayer a priority. In 2024, dig deeper into prayer. Dig deeper into corporate prayer. We're having a prayer challenge, and I want to encourage you, you can text the word 7 a.m. if you want 7 a.m. prayer prompts or 7 p.m. Uh, prayer prompts to that number, 6479310015, and you'll get a, a link to a little video each and every day. And this year, I'm so excited. In previous years, when we've done a prayer challenge, uh, Daniel did most of the, um, the videos and the challenges. But this year, uh, our staff and many of you um, are also going to be participating. So you're going to be able to um, hear from a number of people, even within our congregation, uh, about some of these uh, different aspects of prayer. And so if you want to dig deeper into prayer, can I encourage you to um, sign up for this as we'll be looking at a number of various aspects of prayer and different ways of praying, different opportunities uh, to pray. So let's um, seek the Lord that way. Maybe I'll take this mic. Okay. Uh, it's all, it's in my shirt and everything like that, so forget about it. Okay. Um, so number two is prayer. Number three, the third thing that I would like to encourage you to do is to pray and seek and ask the Lord for one person that you can disciple. The, our vision here is touching our world through Jesus, one life at a time. Is there one person, if you're a follower of Jesus, 
Is there one person that you can disciple in 2024? Is there one person that you can invest in? Is there one person that you can speak into their life? Maybe the person is a new Christian. Maybe the person is not a Christian. Maybe it's a person that you can invite to Alpha and journey together in Alpha as you discover and explore the Christian faith. Can I encourage you to disciple one person? If everyone here were to disciple one person, do you know what an impact that would have on our church community, in our, in our city of Markham, and in our own lives and in our families? So that's my pastoral exhortation to you going into 2024. Read the word of God in its entirety. Take time to pray and invest into your spiritual life by seeking the Lord in prayer. And number three, find one person that you can disciple. I'm not saying 10 people or 100 people, but just one person. Can you think about who that one person will be and to seek the Lord that way? And I think it'll have a profound impact on your own life and your family, our community, and our world as well. Today we're having, as we end off this, uh, this year and end off this season, we're having a, a special healing service where we're gonna have a time at the end of our service where our elders will be here at the front to anoint with oil and pray for those that would like healing. And if you don't need any healing in your life, we're also gonna be praying a prayer of blessing as we go into 2024. And so I wanna encourage you at the end of the service to come forward with your family, come together with your family for prayer of healing or prayer of blessing. And if you're here by yourself, you can come by yourself as well. But if you're here by yourself and you have a friend that's sitting beside you or you look around and you see a friend that you know and you want to come with that person forward for prayer, please feel free to do that. We would love to be able to pray, pray with you um, at the end of this service. But we're going to look at, as Colin read for us, Isaiah chapter 53. This chapter is known as the chapter of the suffering servant. It's a prophetic chapter going into, uh, in the book of Isaiah, written hundreds of years, probably about seven or 800 years before the time of Jesus, looking at what Jesus would actually go through. And so I want to just share a little bit from Isaiah 53, and then I want to talk a little, after looking at that, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to receive healing here and now. What does it mean to trust the Lord for healing? What does it mean that if we come to the Lord and ask for healing, and sometimes we don't receive healing? And sometimes we do receive healing. And sometimes it's difficult to trust the Lord in the healing. Sometimes it's difficult to wait on the Lord during that time. So let's look at a few things from Isaiah 53 first. Number one is that Jesus went through pain, suffering, and grief for us. As I shared a few weeks ago when we were talking about the incarnation, it's not that Jesus just stayed up in heaven and Jesus and God was just looking down upon his creation and said, okay, you guys are going through a tough time. I'm sorry about that and just left it at that. No, but the incarnation teaches us and tells us that Jesus desired to suffer with us, that he doesn't just um, look at, uh, at a distance at our pain and at our sickness and at our suffering but he is able to empathize with us because he himself went through suffering and pain for us. In fact, probably more suffering than, than we have gone through in our life. The kind of suffering that is written about here in Isaiah 53 and the kind of suffering that we read about in the Gospels, how Jesus was beaten, how Jesus was abused, how Jesus uh, took stripes on his back, how Jesus was rejected by his own people, how he paid the ultimate price of even giving up his own life for you and for me. Jesus went through a lot 
so that we might have life. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, it says, for he was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows. Sometimes in our life, we might feel like that as well. We might feel like we're always going through difficulties and sorrows and, and, and trials and tough times. Well, Jesus understands that because the scriptures here say that he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with what? Deepest grief, not just regular grief, but with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Can you see the pain? Have you ever gone through such type of grief and pain? The, the loss of a loved one or a friend betraying you or someone coming to you and, and, and saying evil things about you, people gossiping about you. There's so many different ways in which we can go through hurt and pain. Friends, Jesus has gone through that as well. In Isaiah 53, we understand that Jesus was whipped for our healing, that when Jesus was beaten, when Jesus was whipped with a, with a cord of uh, a whip that uh, when you study what the Romans actually used at that time, probably at the end of those whips were pieces of bone or pieces of metal. And so when Jesus' back was whipped, probably some of those bone and metal digged into his skin and ripped off even chunks of his skin. In Isaiah 53, it says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. See, healing is part of the atonement. Healing is part of what Jesus paid for and bought for us on the cross of Calvary. Healing is part of what we can receive. It's part of the blessing of Calvary because of what Jesus went through, because of the, the, the beating and the whipping, we also can be healed. In fact, many years later, Peter, the apostle, after the death and resurrection of Jesus and seeing all that Jesus had done and accomplished on Calvary, seeing all that had happened in the atonement, Peter writes in his letter, he says, he personally, Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. By the wounds of Jesus, we also can receive healing. In Isaiah 53, it also says, uh, it also talks about uh, that healing, but not necessarily about physical healing. It also talks about this idea that we, because of our sins, were far away from God. Because of our sins and our iniquities, we were separated from God. We, we went into our own way. We did our own thing. The greatest healing, actually, that God can give to us is not physical healing, but the healing of our relationship with God. Because physical healing is very temporary. Are you asking the Lord today for healing so that you can live for 200 years? Probably not going to happen. Because this life is temporary. The word of God says that what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. And so the greater work of healing that God does in our life, the greater work of grace that God does in our life is to heal our relationship with him so that we can have eternal life, so that we can be with him forever and ever. In Isaiah 53, the prophet says it like this, all of us like sheep have strayed away. 
We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Not only did Jesus take those stripes on his back, those wounds on his back for our healing, but all of our sin was laid upon him. I'm so grateful for this because I know that I've sinned and I, there's many things in my life that, that I've done that have displeased the Lord. But I have hope in Jesus because Jesus has taken my sin on the cross. Jesus has forgiven me. Sometimes we can't understand the ways of God. And, and as you read Isaiah 53, this can happen as well. That there are, there are times that we can't understand what exactly God is doing. Have you ever felt like that in your life? That you face a trial, you face a sickness, you face a difficulty, and you're wondering, Lord, why are you allowing this? Lord, why is this happening to me and to my family? I don't understand your ways. And in Isaiah 53, we, we get a little glimpse into this where it says this, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. See, it was the Lord's good plan to crush Jesus, that he would go through such suffering and pain and difficulty. We live in such a world and in such a, a culture and society right now where it's the pursuit of happiness. It's the pursuit of pleasure. It's the pursuit of a comfortable life. It's the pursuit of the Canadian dream, let's call it, instead of the American dream, Right? It's the pursuit to live comfortably. We live in a post-enlightenment world where suffering is despised and looked down upon. And the lens by which we see the worldview by which we look at things is, does this give me more joy and pleasure and comfort and happiness? And anything that is apart from that is, there's something wrong with that. But it shouldn't be like that. Because if we see and understand the way God has uh, given us life and breath and free will to choose and live in this world, there will be difficulties and there will be hardships. In fact, I think if we all looked back at our lives and if you take all of the good times and everything was working out really well and take all of the difficult and hard times when things you were going through trials, if I were to ask you honestly, when did you feel Emmanuel more? Was it in the good times? Or the difficult times? I know you don't want to answer that question because then it's like opening the door to more difficult times, right? But if we were to honestly answer the question within ourselves, did we feel and know the presence of Emmanuel? Did we feel and know the, 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 the hand of God? Did we feel and know the closeness of Jesus more in the good times or more in the bad times? More in the bad times. Because we often get comfortable in the good times. One of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes is this. C.S. Lewis says this, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. See, it's through this pain, it's through the suffering, it's through the difficulty that we go through that God is actually speaking very loudly to us. And so friends, if you're here today and you look back at 2023 and you think of the hardships, the trials and the difficulties that you've gone through, realize and know that is God's great love for you in drawing you closer to himself. He has allowed you to go through this pain and suffering and difficulty and hardship because he wants to draw you to himself. He wants you to hear the voice of the Lord. He wants you to know his thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace, 
and thoughts of blessing, even in the midst of hardship. As C.S. Lewis says, it's during those hard times that God is actually speaking through us through a megaphone. I don't know about you, but sometimes I would ask the Lord, Lord, speak to me. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Lord, speak to me. Would you like to hear the voice of the Lord? Anyone here like to hear the voice of the Lord? Right? Yeah. But how would you like to hear the voice of the Lord? Whispering like this. So it's hard to hear and hard to figure out what he's saying. Or speaking very clearly like this. Which way would you like to hear the voice of the Lord? It is often through those hard and difficult times that God speaks to us. It's often through those difficult times when God works in our life. And because of that, because of the scriptures, because of the promises, because of what he has said, we can have hope in God. We can put our hope in the Lord. Look at what it says here in Isaiah 53, verse 11. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Isn't that an interesting verse? When he sees, let's put Jesus in there. When Jesus sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. See, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was praying and he prayed to the Lord and, he, and, and the Bible says that he had so much anguish and, and heartbreak and he was crying out to his father in so much pain, excruciating pain that his sweat became like drops of blood and he cried out to his father and he prayed this prayer and he said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Father, if it is possible, I don't want to drink this cup. Father, if it's possible, I don't want to do this. And in the back of the father's mind, what is he thinking? If he only knew what his anguish would accomplish, he will be satisfied. As Jesus is crying out, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And the father is thinking, Jesus, if you, if you know what your anguish is going to accomplish, you will be satisfied. And because of his experience, because of going to Calvary, because of dying on the cross, because of all of the pain and suffering, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. My righteous servant will make it possible for Daniel to be counted righteous. My righteous servant will make it possible for Andrew to be counted righteous. My righteous servant will make it possible for Carol to be counted righteous. Put your name there. Because of the anguish of Jesus, because of the hardship that Jesus went through, because of the suffering that Jesus went through, made it possible that we could have redemption for all eternity. That's the hope that Jesus gives to us. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. I think only in eternity, when we get to the other side, will we be able to look back at the difficulty and trials that we've gone through and say, ah, Jesus, that's what you were trying to do in my life. Oh, I see how this trial shaped me, how this difficulty formed my character, how this hardship did something in me. I don't know about you. I have, I have a very low pain tolerance, right? I, I, you know, I don't like suffering. I don't like pain. Don't, Lord, I don't want that. I just like the good stuff. 
But when I go through the difficulty and when I go through the hardship, I know that is what's actually changing me. So what does that mean for healing right now? What does that mean as we see these things in Isaiah 53 and what Jesus did and what he purchased and what he did for us to receive healing, what he did for us even more so to grant us redemption and a place in eternity with him, how the anguish and the suffering and the difficulties actually accomplish God's greater will and plan. What does that mean for us right now? I'm going to get to that in a moment, but I want to show you just a video clip. How many here have seen the chosen before anyone? The Chosen, maybe you've seen some video clips of, of The Chosen. It's a, uh, a series that's depicting the life of Jesus. And I want to show you a clip of Jesus coming to the pool of Bethesda and healing a man. When I first saw this, my heart was so moved to tears. And I want you to have that same blessing. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up. Pick up your mat. 
and walk. to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Wasn't that moving? Do you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? The same Jesus that had power to heal 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that has power to heal today. Friends, when we have a time of prayer with our elders in the front here, it's not that we have any power in and of ourselves to heal. We do this in obedience to the word of God. We do this in obedience to what Jesus asked us to do. Just like he asked that man, do you want to be healed? And he responded, Jesus has power to heal. If we put our faith not in what man can do, but in what Jesus can do, that makes the difference in our lives. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Every kind of disease and illness. There is nothing too hard for Jesus. There's nothing too difficult for Jesus. There's nothing too impossible for Jesus. He just invites us to come to him. But I also want to make clear that it's not that, yes, Jesus has power over all diseases and all illnesses, but at the same time, what we understand from these stories and from the gospels is that Jesus didn't heal everyone physically. When he came to the pool of Bethesda, there basically what happened is that there was a pool there and whenever there was a stirring in the water and they thought an angel came and stirred the water, whoever would jump in first, they would receive their healing. And that's why that man said, oh, it's, you know, I can never get into the water first. And that was his difficulty. But when Jesus came to heal that man, did Jesus heal everyone else that was waiting there? No. He healed that man but it doesn't say anything about everyone else that was there. There was a time when Jesus was coming to a city called Nain, and there was a widow, there was a funeral happening, and this woman had lost her son, and Jesus came, and the Bible says that he saw this woman and had compassion on her, and he told her, don't weep, and he brought her son back to life. Did Jesus do that for all of the widows in that city or in that region? No. In, in the 33 years, or let's just take even the last three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, 
Did he raise to life every single person that died? No, he didn't. And so I want us to have a proper theology of what it is to receive, receive healing is that Jesus can heal. Jesus will heal. Jesus has power to heal, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll always heal us. But we come to him trusting him. In the book of Acts, we read about the apostle Paul, that they would take handkerchiefs from the apostle Paul, put it on other people. And those people would be healed because Paul did so many miracles of healing. Wouldn't that be amazing? But when Paul asked Jesus for healing, what happened? The Bible says about Paul that he had an infirmity. And when he asked the Lord, he says here three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. I begged the Lord to take it away. This is Paul probably praying for other people and they're being healed. Handkerchiefs are being taken from him and put on other people and they're being healed. And Paul is going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, please heal me. No, Jesus, please heal me. No, Jesus, please heal me. No. Why? Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Friends, that's what's seeing this bigger picture that we might not be able to see, but what God sees. As we read in that verse in Isaiah, that he will be satisfied through all the anguish that he goes through because of what God is actually doing. And so sometimes in our life, we might not receive healing. Because God is doing something in us because the greater work is not the physical healing. The greater work is the spiritual healing, the holistic healing, joining us back to God, restoring our relationship with him so that when this life is over, we live forever and ever with Jesus. The greater work is that eternal healing. See, Jesus desires not just to heal us more than physical healing. Jesus desires to save us completely. Now, it's not bad to pray for physical healing. We should and we will, and we're going to do that today. But understand the bigger picture of what it is that Jesus desires to save us completely. In the word of God, we read in Matthew, and she will have a son. This is part of the Christmas story. This is part of Emmanuel. Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from there. Sins. That word save there, the Greek word there is sozo. And it's a word that means not just save from sin, but to restore, to bring health and wholeness, holistic healing. It talk, it, that word sozo, that word save there is being to be delivered, to be liberated, to be set free. The word of God says about Jesus that he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those that are captive, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. The word save there that God wants to use for us. He might not always physically heal us, but what he wants for every single person is a sozo salvation, is an experience with Jesus. Jesus that restores our relationship with God because the word of God says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be sozo saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's speak the name of Jesus. Let's call on the name of Jesus. Let's ask the name of Jesus over our situations and over our circumstances. 
And what we're going to do today is we're going to pray together because we are invited. The word of God invites us to pray in faith and to journey with others. See, God doesn't ask us to do this alone. That's what the beauty of the word of God is, is that he asks us to journey in community. And so the word of God is very clear in the book of James. And this is what we're going to do today as part of our healing service. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Can you see the sozo connection there with praying a prayer of faith and for healing? But he ends it off with something that's much more important than physical healing. What is it? That if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. See, that's what matters to Jesus so much more because Jesus is playing the long game, even though we always try to play the short game. We're always like, Lord, I need this here and today. And now we live in such an instantaneous generation, right? We live in such an instantaneous generation that we want God to answer the prayer. Now we want God to do this thing right now. We want God to fix the situation right now when Jesus is playing the long game. And he learned that from his father. When he was crying out and saying, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And the father, knowing what was written in the book of Isaiah, knowing his intention and knowing his motive, knew my son will be satisfied. Even though he goes through all of this anguish, when he sees the final result, that through his death on the cross, he is preparing a beautiful bride for himself. One that is saved, redeemed, and made whole and ready to be with him for all eternity. That's the best thing. That's the most wonderful thing. And that's the greatest hope that Emmanuel can give to us today. Worship team, please come. We're gonna sing one song, and let me just give you a couple of instructions. We're gonna sing one song, and after that, I'll come up again and I'll, I'll say a prayer, and our elders are gonna come forward. And after the song, I want to, after the song and after we pray, I want to encourage uh, parents, if you have children downstairs, to go downstairs and collect your children, sign them out, out of their kids' program, and come back up here for prayer. Come, come as a family. Come together, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance. If you don't need any healing in your, in your family, if there's nothing to ask for, for healing, Come for a prayer of blessing. Our elders will pray a prayer of blessing over you to go into 2024. We want to be able to do that, to bless you as we're on the end of this year and on the precipice of 2024. We want to go into 2024 with God's presence, with Emmanuel's presence and his blessing over our lives. So let's stand right now and let's sing this song. Um, and, and as we speak the name of Jesus, let's speak the name of Jesus into our trials. Let's speak the name of Jesus into our suffering. Let's speak the name of Jesus into every dark situation. Let's speak the name of Jesus because there is power in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus, every demon must flee. At the name of Jesus, every sickness must go away at the name of Jesus we receive health and healing and wholeness in our body and in our soul and in our spirit there's power in the name of Jesus let's sing together